person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show shenanigans ensue Hello, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans and Sue. A podcast where all this talk about true love's kiss really brings out the worst in me. (laughs) (laughs) So not true. I know, it's literally the opposite. (laughs) Each episode we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam the film used, or maybe abused. Not in this one, though. And of course, the shenanigans! Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's. I cannot believe it. Already Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. This is our very first episode coming back from break, and we're coming in hot. Hot, hot, hot. So, we have a few things going on for this episode. It is our Valentine's Day episode. It is a double feature for the month of February. We also have a guest, mm-hmm. and it is that guest's birthday. Oh, my goodness. I I know. So I'm going to let him introduce the movie himself since he got to pick it because those are the birthday rules. Yes. It's my very, very good friend, Federico Millet. I've been dreaming of a true love kiss <laughs> that is being here at Shenanigans and Sue. I've been dreaming about this true love's kiss. Aww. I feel like I've been I've been a fan of you too since the very start. <laughs> I feel like I was a cartoon character listening in my kitchen and now, <laughs> now I'm real. You're in 3D. Now you're real. Now I'm here. <laughs> so if that wasn't obvious enough, yes. the movie we're discussing today is Disney's Enchanted. 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 <laughs> Yay. I am so excited. Oh, and of course, goodness. that means that all this incredible luck for coming back in this year and this double feature and this birthday episode means we're doing an Amy Adams double feature. It's like it's chance. But what if it wasn't chance? What if it wasn't an accident? <laughs> Which is, of course, one of the quotes of this movie. It's so quotable. It is insanity how quotable this movie is. Indeed. And that's not just because I've watched it like 50,000 times. We literally watched it all together. And in our group chat, we were constantly sending each other quotes for the top. What about this one? What about this one? <laughs> what do we pick? <laughs> so I guess we don't have to do the usual spiel of, Federico, why did you bring this movie to us? Oh, yeah. It's obvious. <laughs> I mean, go ahead if you want. Well. You know, I'm wearing a Disney Through the Years t-shirt. Yes. So Disney has just shaped me as a human being. Let's just put it like that. From the moment I was brought on this earth, (laughs) I've been brought up by these films that I cherish and love so much. And this movie just managed to poke fun at them and homage them in such a beautiful way in equal measure. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it means so much to me. I think it's an outstanding uh, feat to accomplish. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. Okay, and then the other question that we also ask our guests is, what is your favorite rom-com trope and what is your least favorite rom-com trope? All right, so we're talking rom-coms in general? Yes. In general, yes. Great. My favorite trope is a big romantic gesture. Aww. I do think is one of the hardest things to write. Mm. We like it to be cheesy. We like it to be <laughs> ridiculous, of course. But for something like that to hit emotionally for real mm-hmm. and you be like, ah, that moves me. I think that's one of the hardest things to pull off writing for movies in general. Yeah. yeah don't get me wrong. Do it yeah. without a hint of irony because we don't want to feel <laughs> awkward. Yes. Exactly. And to say, I would actually not cringe if someone did that to yeah. me. Mm. You know? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> that's a high bar to clear. <sighs> hardest of things to accomplish. It is. Yeah. And my least favorite trope is, you know, romantic comedies are big on lies. So it's always a big lie, a Mm. big misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. People are pretending to be something they're not. Yeah. And by the end, it typically gets fixed. But I don't buy that that relationship's going to necessarily work if everything that we've seen was built in a lie. (laughs) This is why I did (laughs) not like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah. I get that. I still love that movie, though. (laughs) You wanted the breakup situation at the end of that movie. Yeah, yeah, maybe they come back together later. Oh, oh, like 
in 27 dresses with the younger <laughs> sister. A year later, they're different people, and they try again. There we go. Mm-hmm. I needed that. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We've talked your ear off enough already and haven't even given you a plot synopsis. Hopefully you don't need one. I'm really sad for you if you do, because you should have watched this. Well, really happy because you get to experience this movie for the first time. Oh, there's that. If you do, please send us reaction videos. Oh, please. I would love that. So that plot synopsis is... On her wedding day to Prince Edward, a cartoon heroine Giselle is sent by an evil old hag to a place where there are no happy endings, a.k.a. three-dimensional New York City. (laughs) There she meets divorce lawyer Robert and his daughter Morgan. Shenanigans ensue! And do they ever. Ah. <laughs> uh, general thoughts. I love this movie. Yeah. I love this movie is my general thought. <laughs> I think about a hundred times between the three of us, we kept messaging, what incredible acting. Mm. Everyone is committed. Yes. Everyone knew their characters and played it with their whole freaking hearts. Indeed. And general thoughts. I just want to compliment. This concept is so brilliant. <laughs> this was pitched by someone who was not in the Disney team. Oh, I didn't know okay. that. Yes. And it was supposed to be grittier even, right? And Ooh. I applaud Disney for buying this script and going with it. I kept writing, bold Disney, bold Disney, bold <laughs> Disney, right? So I just want to applaud the concept of the perfect marriage between New York City and a fairy tale and yeah. how messed up that turns up to be. Mm. But it couldn't happen anywhere else that's not New York City. No. Like, for it to really make sense, these things happening and no one bats an eye <laughs> because yes. it's New York City. And it could conceivably happen. Yes. The World War Tower looking like a castle. Mm. All the beautiful settings in Central Park. Like, it yeah. just makes sense and the concept to me is perfect. And somehow, I can't remember which one of you mentioned this in the chat, but this portrayal of New York City is more realistic than other portrayals we've seen in movies we've covered on this very podcast. Seriously. It is a disgusting place (laughs) filled with beautiful, magical moments that make you wonder how any of this can be real. Yeah, and I mean, we're getting a little bit of a a shenanigan here, but I just do love that you buy that these things that happen in the movie could happen. Yeah. Obviously, it's a comedy and it's exaggerated, but in the musical number, that's how you know all those things could be happening at the same time in Central Park. I've literally been a random pedestrian walking by people busking and had random other pedestrians start singing with them. Like, that's an actual thing that people will just do. Especially in the summer, vibes are high, it's warm. Hell yeah. People in costumes. People dancing impromptu. A hundred percent happens. Now that you mention it, the fact that a woman is dressed up as a princess in Times Square is not even a weird thing. No one cares. The costume characters. Yeah. The fact that she came out of the sewers is a little weird. (laughs) But But not even that much. (laughs) Yeah. Even one of the moments with all of these extras, all of these one-liners act appropriate. They're so funny. Edward is pulling out his sword and the businesswoman walking behind him looks but doesn't say anything or really make a face. (laughs) She just continues on her merry way. All the way to the bus driver, you like mentioned her. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. All these tiny characters doing the most. All the New Yorkers. I want to (laughs) just applaud you. It's not just the leading cast, right? Mm. It's like the man who seals her crown at the beginning. Uh, The woman who she's almost stabbed by Edward on the bus, you know? (laughs) Like, all these, they really work hard. People at the end, at the ball, they think, oh, this is a show. Makes total sense. I loved that. This show is way better than last year's. Yeah. Everything is so justified (laughs) because it's New York City. So I just want to say, way to go. It's so good. Uh, We could keep going on and on just about general thoughts, but we should get more specific. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Let's try and have some semblance of structure. (laughs) If you insist. Because we love this movie so much. We will just go on and on and on. Okay, so (laughs) we've got so many incredible tropes. We've got narration. We've got grumpy and sunshine. We've got love triangles uh, turned into a square. Something. Plus other, oh gosh. It all works out in the end. Everyone's happy. Which is good. Honestly, like I love this for all of them. Yeah. We've got meet cute X3. We've got (laughs) fish out of water. We've got a slow burn. 
slow, slow, slow burn. Oh, so beautiful. We have montages. We have music doing the most. Capital M-O-S-T. Especially the original songs. Yes. We have fairy tale tropes. Oh, and with those fairy tale tropes, We've got so many original voice actors. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it, but I didn't even know about this. We've got a co-wick wedding. That is a 24-hour turnaround, y'all. Yep. Less even. We've got talking animals, an evil stepmother, <laughs> and true love's kiss. Because it's not a Disney movie without it. <laughs> As the guest. Yes. What trope do you want to do first? All right. I think I want to talk about Love Triangle Square. Yeah, Such a good one. Which I love in this movie. Because in most rom-coms, they feel the need to make the significant other who they're already with a bad person. Mm -hmm. They always (gasps) do that. They're mean or they're cheating or Mm -hmm. they try to make it easy for the lead to leave their significant other. Yeah. And they did not do that here. Like, Nancy, who's played by Idina Menzel, we're all asking, which Disney... Casting Adina Menzel in a musical and not having her sing. I know! Bold choice. (laughs) But love that for her. That was my only gripe with this movie. That's the one thing. She was pre-auditioning for Frozen. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, I love that for her. It's new, right? It's not just her voice. She's a great actor, too. But we meet Nancy, and she gets the most difficult opening scene. Yeah. Which in the wrong hands could have been played so horribly. Like, I wanted to stay here, and you were just worried about crowd control. And like, what? So you can have some grown-up girl bonding time. But she says it in a way. You can tell she's hurt. Yes. You get it. (laughs) Yeah. She's not awful. But it's still funny as well. You know, and at the same time, we meet Edward, who could also be played so poorly, so (laughs) arrogantly, Mm -hmm. and is brilliantly played by James Marsden. (laughs) He has a big, healthy ego, but he's not a mean. Yes. Yes. But a doll. Just a sweetie. The epitome (laughs) of that portrayal for me was when Nathaniel asks Edward, Sire, do you like yourself? (laughs) And the way he says that line, what's not to like? like, Is not conceited, but still so true to the character. It's just so matter of fact. And I was like, yes, you so easily could have gone a different direction with that. I think it was beautiful. It's the lack of irony. We're going to say this a lot today. Mm -hmm. And and that's when the the two couples come together. And you realize that Idina, like so many women I feel in this day and age, is perhaps ashamed of admitting to herself that she wants a happily ever after. Yeah. Right? That she has to be a going about New York woman and she really wants the romance and she says like, wow, real flowers are not virtual? You know? <laughs> Which, Robert, come on. <laughs> Honestly, that says more about Robert than anything. That's bleak. <laughs> but like how hungry she is to go to the damn ball. Mm. She got like 24 hour notice and she found a period appropriate ball gown. Yes. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the movie without us knowing where it was going it was weaving that when at the end Edward comes to her like why so sad beautiful lady yeah. and with the shoe and she's just like ready even if the movie is telling us get to know someone first it's like girl <laughs> go get your happy ending go throw away your cell phone if it doesn't work out you come back to the real world but go right. get your romance go get what you need I love like yeah work called she was like eh, I don't need this <laughs> I'm queen now yes. I guess yeah. I'm a princess <laughs> that's so fun we talk about that a lot another one where we really noticed that was single all the way mm. you don't have to make anyone in the triangle unlikable exactly yes it's an easy way out yeah and i love that everybody has an arc right i mean mm. edward who never understands the chipmunk he's so <laughs> self-involved <laughs> And by the end... When it really matters. Yeah. Once he's put his own needs aside and he understands that Giselle's happiness is not with him, he finally understands the chipmunk. That's the moment when he's like, ah, now I get it. Mm. So So he even gets an arc, which is amazing. (laughs) This movie is so cute. You know what I want to do, so you can go first. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Montage, montage, montage. Wow. I love this. Obviously, the best montage in the entire film I mean maybe two but my favorite has gotta be the emergency shopping montage Uh, yes okay 
Morgan? So lovely. Girl, that's not what your dad meant by emergency, but she took his credit card. (laughs) Because the line is so brilliant. It's like, I know what we need, a fairy godmother, and it's a credit card. (laughs) And she's dressed up as the fairy. Yes. (laughs) So good. I just love that one. I love the going in and out of the shops, the accumulation of the bags, getting their little makeover moment in a salon and that heart-to-heart they have. Mm. It's so precious. And it has one of my favorite lines. Morgan's trying to explain how to date to Giselle. And she's like, you don't want to wear too much makeup because boys get the wrong impression. And they're only after one thing. And Giselle's like, what is it? I don't know. No one will ever tell me. So writing again. Yes. Beautiful. So good. And that child actor is brilliant. A grown up now, but amazing. Adorable. I tear up every time when she asks Giselle, is this what it's like? Shopping with your mother. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. break my heart. What a doll. So sweet. Casting director, A plus mm-hmm. all around. It's yeah. Like... This was going to be incredibly hard to do. How many times have we seen rom-com actors not commit as far as they needed to? Yeah. And like, <laughs> I don't know how. Everyone, despite opposite ends of the spectrum, grounded versus over-the-top cartoon. Every step of the way it works. It does. Incredible. So mm-hmm. lovely. The other montage that I super love is the ending epilogue montage. Oh, Gotta love that. So freaking good. They, my favorite thing about that is we're doing that made for this movie song and the lyric is start a new fashion wear your heart on your sleeve as we're introducing the fact that Giselle has opened a clothing line of her own. Stop it. <laughs> That's perfect. I'm so excited because I noticed a couple others and I went back and I rewatched the song yes. and I wrote each quote with the corresponding thing that happened yes. because I was like this is too over the top and I love it this is like I'm cheating a little bit because it's kind of into the music doing the most oh we'll do both so if you don't mind me diving in oh no please I don't care about the other montage as much okay and plus this was the one you were gonna pick right yeah. this is like your favorite trope <laughs> this is what I was gonna talk about <laughs> so we have storybook endings fairy tales coming true Edward is putting the shoe onto Nancy's foot and it fits <laughs> So we're starting there. I am kidding. <laughs> then it goes to, let's just admit, we all want to make it two. They're running off to the sure. manhole to jump in. Jump in the sewer. Smash <laughs> two. Ever after. That cartoon happy ending. Yes! <laughs> so ridiculous. We love a smash cut. Then, as you mentioned, it's the start a new fashion thing. <laughs> and then we have... You might even wind up being glad to be you. And that's Nathaniel signing his book. And we pull back and he's looking at two very hot women. And the book is called Vanishing Your Inner Evil Queen. (laughs) He finally got that self-respect. Finally. I didn't even read the cover. (laughs) I love that. Music doing the most. Love a self-help book. Yes. Wow. I don't know if all of those creative notes were given before the song was created, but wow. Or if it was just Destiny. (laughs) Destiny, like the horse. The horse is named Destiny, everyone. Exactly. So good. But, you know, that montage, I love this. They're taking care of each character. Everyone gets what we deserve. We've Mm. invested in these characters. Pip, the chipmunk's book name is Silence Isn't Golden. After he's lost his voice. And then, you know, I love the fact that we're seeing a wedding and not a wedding. It's like, there's options everybody yeah yeah <laughs> robert and giselle just moved in together and that's their happy ending right yeah. and they got new curtains <laughs> that's necessary speaking of pip and his little book silence is not golden i did feel kind of bad that the only new yorker who got sent to actual new york couldn't actually speak when he got there <laughs> i've never noticed this before yeah i never noticed it either he has a new york accent He's in the, the cartoon character, yeah. and i don't think that was an accident yeah what if it wasn't champ what if it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Just delightful. Yes. I also really like the detail that Giselle took over Nancy's fashion business. Uh, like, I think that's the same space. I didn't even realize that. I may just be making it up. No, I <laughs> don't think it is. Nope, canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the rats are still helping, right? Like, they're helping in the business. The rats and the That one pigeon. One-legged pigeon. What I love is it didn't come out of nowhere. Like, mm. Giselle's arc. I love that the director gave her little things 
things to suggest that that's where she's going. Yeah. So she has this pursuit of just like finding herself. Ooh, you just gave me chills. And the happy working song, <laughs> she's reading the newspaper. She picks it up and she's reading the newspaper. And when Robert shows up in his robe, she is reading the book that he gifted his daughter yes. about important women who Aww. changed the world. I and didn't notice that either. She is reading it. She's reading Rosa Parks and Madame Curie and so that we could see this arc of Giselle becoming invested in herself as a real person. Cute. Yeah. That was my most excited moment about music doing the most, but I do want to talk about a few other things. Yeah. We are obviously in a musical, so the songs are going to do a lot to be forwarding the plot, Mm -hmm. but the attention to detail is just so amazing. That's how you know could just have been about forwarding Robert and Giselle's relationship, right? But there's so many other things at play there, including sending the flowers to Nancy, seeing Robert slowly warm to Giselle a little bit more, introducing the concept of him not singing and not dancing, which pays off at the end. Like, there's just so much detail happening in all of the musical numbers. Mariachis. Yes! (laughs) I didn't realize I needed a mariachi and reggae combo. Yes. And now I need more steel drum and guitar. <laughs> I just need more. What a winning combo. It was so good. Shout out to the brilliant man, Alan Menken, who's composed most of Disney movies of the 90s going forward. Hercules, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin. And of course they brought him for this task because he, he did all knows, of it. He knows Disney history. Mm. Yeah. Right? So from going to the more classic sounding True Love's Kiss and Happy Working Song to the more modern, a bit more kiss the girl under the sea. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's serving kiss the girl. It is serving kiss the girl. (laughs) And they're in a boat on the lake. Yes. References. I love that so much. The quick little drop in. How does she know that you love her? And then like, wait, how do you, he knows this song. (laughs) And that's just How does he know the song? (laughs) He's like, thank you very much. Dropping a $10 bill. We're going to leave now. Okay. Yeah. And paying attention right to the fact, again, like that music is diegetic in this world because the happy working song, it doesn't matter because she's on her own. Mm -hmm. And uh, so she could be imagining the instrumentals. It doesn't really matter. Right. But for that song, I love what they did at the park. Yeah. Everyone is participating. There's a parade at the end around the fountain. Are you kidding? (laughs) Everyone got together to make this happen. It makes me so happy. So happy. Do you want to jump to another trope that you really love? A trope that I really love is the um, grumpy versus sunshine. Uh. I'm going to focus on the grumpy. Yeah. I want to just give props to Patrick Dempsey because mm. it's easy to underlook his performance because Amy Adams and James Morrison steal the show. They're so big. They're so big and they're fantastic. But every time I rewatch this movie, I appreciate Patrick Dempsey even more. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. My sister, who's a film critic, did the interviews for this movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And Patrick Dempsey told her it was hard to be contained because Aww. he wanted so badly to meet the other two Aww. at their rhythm <laughs> and at their energy. Aww. And the director kept pulling him back. It's just like, no, you can't. There needs to be that contrast. I hear that. And it pays off so well. It really does. Because the trap was to play him as this bitter, done with life. Mm. Ugh, I'm done with it all. And yes, he is sarcastic. Yes, he's done. He's a divorce lawyer, for God's sake. (laughs) But he does it with such grace. And I think he has some of the hardest acting moments, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Like, to make us buy that he's going to stick with her two times. Yeah. Because it's so realistic, right? It's like, no, we're going to call you a car, miss. You can't stay in my house. You are a stranger. Yes, that's so realistic. That's how your TV gets stolen. Yeah. You're unstable, too. And he has a little girl. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So that moment of silence when he's just looking at her fall asleep and it's like, it feels wrong. It's like throwing a child into the street. Mm. Yeah. And, and the fact that they added, Morgan, you're sleeping with me. Come on. I love that. For safety, just in case. Exactly. We'll yeah. lock the door. <laughs> so again, within the realm of this fairy tale, they're keeping it real. Mm. The second time is when he gives her money and he's like we're done and then after five seconds she's giving away the money and she's like I can't and that's how you can tell that it's going to work out between them because he's already so soft inside he's just been hurt right and I don't know he's just the way Patrick Dempsey plays his role is that he's so hungry for joy and trust he's really hungry for that he's just so skeptical because that's what New York does to you yes yes and again, bold Disney that they have his wife leave him yeah, not versus him. just die or something. They usually right? kill the parent off. And that he's heartbroken. Yeah. So yeah, and I think that's representative of a lot of New Yorkers. Hungry for that fairy tale. Just give it to me once, <laughs> you know? For someone to be unironic for two freaking seconds. Yeah. His face acting. Oh. 
masterful. Every moment, he is listening yeah. so wholeheartedly to his scene partners. You mm. see everything on his face beautifully. God, it's so fun to watch. Ugh. Props Patrick Dempsey for giving it a proper arc. We see him change throughout the movie. We see <laughs> how he confronts her with the whole, like, Giselle, let's be real, because mm. he now respects her, yeah. right? So yeah. thank you for giving him that arc. And Patrick, you're also masterful at cheesy lines like, only when you're around to catch me. I know. Oh, so sweet. I expect nothing less from a Grey's Anatomy alum. <laughs> <laughs> he got practice. You yes. better. <laughs> yes. Delightful. And then the sunshine aspect, of course. <gasps> yes. I mean, Amy Adams, not a hint of irony. Not one. She is phenomenal. The sweetness, the pureness, the happiness every step of the way. Yeah. When she thinks that Pip is gone, she does this very understated like, <gasps> my friend is burned up in the fire and just like being upset about it. And all these other beautiful little moments. Patrick Dempsey's character says something like, you've got to be kidding. And she's just like, no, I'm not. <laughs> or the, well, welcome to New York. Yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> Yeah. Delightful. You're right. She's part of that trope, too. Yeah. It's so easy to mock those roles. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Again, another cute trivia thing is the director told my sister that they were seeing hundreds and hundreds of actresses for this role. Sure. And he had a headache. And then the only person who made him forget that he had a headache was Amy Adams. Wow. In the audition room. I think it's just she's so, she's not mocking her. She's so sincere. So earnest. Yeah. And again, arc, because it's such a hard thing to do. Like, fairy tales are about when you leave childhood and you find adulthood, right? Yeah. And to be placed in this, like, teenage kind of Mm. character without making it look weird as a 30-year-old woman. Yeah. You know, and making it look creepy with such honesty. Without it being cloying. Flawless. And her discovering anger is so endearing to me because she says to Robert earlier on you're unhappy and he says no I'm angry it's an unpleasant emotion have you heard of it (laughs) and then much later we get the payoff of that where she realizes that she's angry and it's so funny because she's navigating all these different emotions yeah it's so beautifully done she discovers sexual tension at the same time oh talking about that slow burn oh that too damn funny. Bull Disney, touch that chest hair. I know. I was like, okay, that robe has a deep V. Yeah. (laughs) All wet from the shower. (laughs) And he just, excuse me, gotta go to bed. (laughs) Speaking of that slow burn. Which feels so ironic to call it that because all of this is happening over just a couple of days. Right. But the way we watch these two fall in love so slowly and so sweetly when Robert is literally escorting Giselle out of the office. He's so incensed with her, right? (laughs) I know. She's ruined things between him and Nancy. She's messed things up with his job. Yeah, jeopardized it. What else has she done at this point? She's destroyed his curtains, but he still lets her go first into the elevator. Still caring for her, even though he's angry with her. Still a gentleman. Another little moment was when they're in the restaurant and Nathaniel brings over the apple martini and Robert says, be careful, it's poisonous. Ha ha ha, joke. Mm-hmm. Those things will creep up on you. It's probably because he realizes that this woman has never had alcohol before. Not once. Yeah, not once. <laughs> so funny. And he's showing care for her. It's so subtle. The attention to detail is incredible. And I think you're, you're right. I think as a romantic comedy, I love that they're both teaching each other and they're never loose character, right? It's like, oh, well, I forgot who I was talking to. And yes. she says, well, I hope you don't forget. <laughs> I love talking to you. You know, it's just like, I really, really see that grow. It's so sweet. If I was going to do another trope, it really would be to describe the shenanigan of the evil stepmother entering into the real world, <laughs> which is maybe one of my favorite smash cuts in the film, if not most favorite. Genius. Giselle and Morgan have just finished their emergency shopping montage and Morgan says something about stepmothers and Giselle says, oh no, they're not all evil. Edward's stepmother, I've heard she's lovely. Smash cut. (laughs) Susan Sarandon in the real world being evil in Times Square. It was so delightful. And her first line being, hello, worthless to Nathaniel. (laughs) 
Amazing. She exploded out of that manhole, too, by the way. Like the queen she is. Everyone else kind of, like, plopped out. (laughs) Big entrance, Susan. Okay, so now, what, if any, is your favorite shenanigan, Fede? Um, I think my favorite shenanigan, which is not necessarily a rom-com shenanigan, but it is that happy working song. (laughs) (laughs) It is both hilarious and disgusting. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I think it encapsules why this movie works so brilliantly and the concept of truly marrying a Disney movie to New York City. And the fact that all she can get are cockroaches and Uh. one-legged pigeons and rats. (laughs) A swarm of flies. And the lyrics, right, that she sings, scrubbing off the toilet. Like, we just sang about the toilet goodness i said toilet you know and just like a hairball from the shower and it's just like (laughs) and again the fact that it's realistic quote unquote that you could wake up any given day in new york city and find that in your apartment yeah vermin but they just won't be cleaning see (laughs) so in the realms of comedy it's still things that could happen he wakes up and there's just rats and the horrifying reaction he has to it is so funny because again (laughs) accurate yes i mean i really love the introduction of that one-footed pigeon who continues to make appearances (laughs) throughout the rest of the film love that pigeon attention to detail one more time because that's how morgan wakes up because that poor pigeon only has one leg and so he drops a dish yeah and he comes back later he's helping in the shop at the end little buddy you're doing your best do you see everyone has an arc in this even the pigeon (laughs) (laughs) i really wish i could just sing and call upon nature's pests to help me with something i kind of wish that were an actual thing just go to the window Ah, and all the yankees rats come and help me Just everything's so interconnected, right? Because there's this great moment where two very cheeky pigeons who, as soon as Robert enters the bathroom, they cover her with a towel, right? And then he's trying to pick up and it's like, don't worry, my friends will do that. And she sings again and then they hit his face. So he falls and she falls and then Nancy comes in. So I just want to say that everything's so carefully weaved together, right? All the details. This room is magic. Where does the water come from? So good. Yeah, that's something I love because I think that's realistic too. If someone were to ask us, we would be like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and then explaining to someone like the concept of dating and the concept of money. Divorce. That's so well done. When you try to explain things you take for granted, you're clumsy. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be my shenanigan that I wanted to talk about is Giselle and Edward's date. Oh. <laughs> How cute. Walking the Brooklyn Bridge. Classic. Grabbing a bunch of New York tchotchkes. Love that. He had how many lanyards? A person doesn't need that many lanyards. It's so good. And the concept of a hot dog horrifying him for one moment. Yes. Oh, no, no. There's no real dogs. Which is another callback. The attention to detail earlier, Giselle is eating a hot dog with Robert in Central Park. There's so many callbacks. Yeah, and they're doing a great job of letting us know it's not going to work out because they're both so awkward. Yeah. Like Once they had to figure out if they can actually talk about something substantial, he's not here for it. He's being so nice. But again, thank you, James Marsden, for playing that in that way where you're just like really trying to indulge her. Yeah. But he wants to go back home and get married. Yeah. Right? He's like, oh, well, how do these dates uh, last? I found uh, you. That's it, right? Activities? What do you mean? Also, I'm still a little pissed that you didn't finish my duet earlier. <laughs> uh, that's the shenanigan I was going to talk about. Yes. You see, we weaving, just like the movie. Weaves. <laughs> like her friends, the what were they? The caterpillars. She oh, says that. The, the silkworms. The silkworms. Yes. We're the silkworms, everybody. Uh, so, one of my favorite bits is when Edward comes to the apartment to claim Giselle and he starts singing, I've been dreaming of a true love's kiss. And Robert, of course, true to character, uh, he sings too. <laughs> Edward keeps singing and then he goes, to finish. And Giselle's like, what? And she's like, oh, I've been thinking. And the way James Marsden delivers this line could have just been a throwaway, but he goes, thinking? 
<laughs> incredible commitment incredible listening yes it's so good and her not singing right mm-hmm. it's such a great way to show us our art yeah of just like oh no, right this isn't a thing anymore yeah I'm, I'm slowly becoming real yeah little by little i am a new yorker now <laughs> <laughs> i also love the line right before that where she's like oh edward's coming how do i look and he's like slightly stunned yes not that part <laughs> yeah Oh, how do I look? He's learning how to be a romantic. One of those moments where you see Giselle change Mm -hmm. was when she's getting ready to leave the ball with Edward. And he says, "Uh, what's going on? Are you okay? And she's clearly about to cry. And she lies to him. She doesn't lie. And she lies to him and says, I'm fine. Mm. As an act of kindness, too. So it's not out of character either. Yeah. I... I think I love the fairy tale shenanigan of the instant wedding of love at first sight. Yes. And that's how you can tell. I think this is what it's done so well that it could just appear to anybody like a regular fairy tale, but you know that this man is poking fun at that concept, right? Yes. Yeah. In a way that is also saying we love you, Disney. Yeah. Right? It's it's so great. You're signing the checks, but uh, Yes, yes. <laughs> it, and it's it's both at the same time in equal measure. I love that. When she falls off the tree and they say, like, we'll be married in the morning, and we all all said, well, if we were to meet James Marsden or Amy Adams, yes, I'll marry you in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> I'd marry you in the morning. No questions asked. And then we were just like, well, I mean, if we're going that far, then Patrick Dempsey can come. And at that point, Adina Menzel can come too. We'll just, just have a commune. A love commune is what Ben said. <laughs> we're here for it. Honestly, Susan Sarandon can come yeah. too. Yeah. Straight up. Bring her. Yeah. Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch me. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I have two shenanies and they're both around the damn poison apples. Maybe even three shenanies. Mm. That scene where Nathaniel is receiving them from the pot in the kitchen and the evil witch is inside of the water. You can see this incredible editing work with the apples bobbing in and out depending on Queen Narcissa grabbing them and pulling them into her dimension and then releasing them and having them bob back to the top. It's so brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's such incredible work. I don't think I appreciated it enough on previous watches, but it really is beautiful work. And then, like, they have the poison caramel apple in the park. It burns a hole in that guy's head. His hair is gone in that one spot. (laughs) That's such fun little detail work. And then later on, this is when poor Nathaniel has really gone through it, and he is having a 10 a.m. martini. (laughs) Like, it's rough out there. And he says something to the queen in the water of the martini, and she gets mad at him for losing almost all of the apples and she's like what do you think these things grow on trees and I thought that was the funniest line (laughs) incredible so smart (laughs) love 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 the focus around the apples still with the apples I loved Pip's reenactment of the plot to kill Giselle with the apples. Yep. I mean, I know it's a cartoon, but it's just so good. Including when he sits on Nathaniel's drink to like take up the and a lovely narcissist. little apple. Yes. Are you kidding me? Watch me. Yeah. You watch me. Okay. I watched it with the subtitles as actual words. Yeah. I don't know that I noticed before. The apple? Yeah. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's so oh funny. Oh, my God. I hear how he does the little thing. Like, he does the little song. <laughs> and then James Marsden reacting to what I said is conceivably a tennis ball on a stick. Yes. With so much joy <laughs> and attention and getting it so completely wrong is just delightful. And every time getting it wrong because he's being such a narcissist. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I know. Everything's about him. Your stepmother is narcissa, not you. (laughs) But I'm... So I love the shenanigans of her trying to figure out life in New York City. So cutting 
the curtains to make a dress, two mm, stunning dresses. Mm-hmm. The dresses. <laughs> like the sound of music, or it's like homage slightly to that too. The perfect cutouts, silhouetted with the sunlight <laughs> yeah. streaming in, was so brilliant. Yeah, and I love that he's so annoyed, rightfully so. Yes. And then the second time he's like, ah, yeah. lovely. This slow burn. Yes, this traumatized us. When she is at the lawyer's office and she <laughs> wants to drink some water <laughs> and grabs water from the fish tank and spits out a, a beta fish. fish. <gasps> Jane looked this up and apparently it was like made by the prop department. It looks real, everybody. It starts like, moving. There's no cuts. You she spits. You cannot tell me that's not real. It's just, if that was real, give her an Oscar for that. I know. That alone. And I was seriously just like, this is incredible. I was worried about Salmonella. I just like don't even know how they accomplished this. Movie magic, folks. Yeah, but the shenanigan I want to combine it with is that, again, attention to detail. She does this. She spits the fish in front of Jodie Benson, who voices Ariel in The Little Mermaid. So they cast all these Disney legend celebrities in small roles, like Paige O'Hara as the soap opera star. They have one of my favorite lines when Nathaniel, he's projecting into the soap opera, and they go like, you disgust me. It's like, I don't need self-respect. I need your lips against mine. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for casting Disney legends for all those little winks and the fish. It's so delightful. And I mean, we didn't get into all of it. I highly recommend people watch the movie themselves and look at all the different homages. But since we hear, the narration is done by none other than Julie Andrews. Oh, Mary Poppins. Of course. It's just perfect. I feel like it would be a tremendous mistake not to go over some of our favorite moments from the ball scene before we move on. This entire ball scene is also flawless. Do you know how easy it is for the last 20, 30 minutes of a film to be so boring? Truly. Mm -hmm. This film doesn't do that, number one. And number two, it actually revs up in intensity somehow. Yes. The pieces fall into place so quickly. Mm -hmm. We get a fucking dragon. Yeah. (laughs) And like my favorite thing about that is when they're on the roof, not only does the queen take Robert instead to go up, turning Giselle into the hero to save the damsel. She's up there on the roof and instead of just like swinging around this little point bit at the top to avoid an attack, she like fan kicks around. (laughs) It's just, you could not be more of a damn cartoon in that moment. This is so funny. (laughs) Amy Adams doing the most once again. So good. And the fact that when she eats the poisoned apple, they bring out a fainting bench for her. Oh, actual fainting like bench. Like two footmen. <laughs> what is happening? And Jasmine called that the eternal sunshine apple because it's the one that makes you forget all <laughs> <Yeah>. your heartache. <laughs> You're right, because typically in romantic comedies, that's a time when they're sad and mopey. Yeah, they've just fought. All that needs to happen is for them to get back together, but yeah. there's so much that's going on here. That's the most boring part of the film. Yeah. There's so much happening, including all the angst of the final <laughs> song. The literally so close and still so far is going over and over again as these two are dancing. Right. And then Nancy cuts in. Oof. Oh, there's so much happening. All these Layers. Nancy and Edward's eyes, mm-hmm. each time they turn in that waltz, they're like, and I'm staring, and Pivot turns stare, and Pivot turns still looking. Yeah. Alert. Yeah. Cheeky, cheeky master of ceremony saying, like, you must invite a lady who you didn't <laughs> attend with to dance. Plot shenanigans. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't happen at a no. ball. For this very romantic song. We need to look yeah. up European tradition at, I don't know, maybe it's a thing. <laughs> we basically just needed Robert to sing to Giselle, just to complete the romantic gesture. Yeah, it's it's the arc. Now he sings. He's expanding his comfort zone. Yay. He now sings and dances. Ugh. And it also has one of my favorite lines, courtesy of James Marsden, when Susan Sarandon says, don't you think you're being a bit melodramatic, dear? <laughs> I do not know what melodramatic means. <laughs> but... Honey, it's you. Yes. It's you. It was you all along. 
Okay. I and also costume department, great job in showing her art. That girl <gasps> took off her impractical shoes. Yes, she did in that ball. Yes. I wasn't even going to say anything because truthfully, you went to a ball, you are wearing the appropriate shoes for a ball. Exactly. And you don't have a spare set of shoes at this ball. This is all circumstances with which if you needed to keep them on, fair. But she took them off. <laughs> She's about to climb a freaking building. She knew she's scaling a roof. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. She can't be having heels and it's raining outside. And again, the, the silkworms weaving the most. <laughs> Make that a Cinderella moment where she <laughs> yep. drops the freaking shoe. Yeah. You know? And it's a perfect fit for Adina. Cannot. <laughs> 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 it's such a great detail that everybody's wearing period clothing except for her mm-hmm. at this moment. Mm-hmm. And I remember everybody and their mother had that dress during that time period. It, yeah. They chose the perfect dress. Yeah. That's yeah. when I graduated high school. All my <laughs> classmates were wearing that dress. Quintessential. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that brings us to... Fun Fab Fail! Obviously, we know what this is. <laughs> Fede, take it away. <laughs> Fab with an F of Federico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, how could you give this anything else? Mm-mm. My partner popped by while I was watching the movie, and even he was just like, oh, what is this? And I said, oh, Enchanted. And he's like, oh, one of the greats. And like, he's not a rom-com person. Aww. <laughs> it is one of the greats. Speaking of this, because we could talk about the attention to detail, the Disney homage, the New York of it all, but strictly as a rom-com, mm-hmm. why I think this is fabulous is because I truly think they're going to make it. Yeah. We saw this couple go through something. I know it was a couple days, but it was enough Mm -hmm. that they both changed each other Mm -hmm. because they wanted to change. Yeah. And they're both better. They're both better because they met each other. They're teaching each other. It's not just one changing the other person. Mm. It's like Giselle with, well, yeah, you say that, but how does she know that you actually love her? Like, you don't say it, right? Yeah. And the, no, (laughs) miss, you have to go on dates and figure out if you're going to work out, you know? So they change each other in equal measure mm. and they expand their comfort zones because of each other yeah so i really do think they have a shot and i love the fact that they're not married because it's consistent with the movie right and this is our happy ending here yeah. for it yeah. i love it this movie i keep expecting it to not age well same and every time i return to it it's better yeah, yeah. it just holds up and i notice things i've never noticed before mm-hmm. it just makes me feel so joyful i love this movie so much it fills you up and i laughed out loud so many times yeah. that's so rare. Yeah. It truly is a comedy. It's too, a comedy. Right? <laughs> I don't, because we've talked about this before on the pod. Yeah. I don't mind an ooey gooey love story. I think it has its place, but I don't like those as much. I'm here for some laughs. Yeah. 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 And this has both. Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. And they're in equal measure. They're well balanced. Yeah. Yes. Ugh. And to laugh with the leads, right? Mm-hmm. As they fall in love. Mm. That to me is a romantic comedy. Even though it's a musical and a family film, without a doubt, it's a romantic comedy yeah. because you're laughing at them falling in love. I feel like that moment when they're in the pizza shop and he does the little magic mm. trick. Yeah. And she she shakes out her ear because she thinks it's hiding in her yeah. ear. Captures how I feel throughout the course of the film. Pure delight. Where I was just like, oh, how delightful. Ah. <laughs> I think in this instance, there's also something to be said about just plain old good acting. Yes. This movie is so quotable. But as I was thinking of some of the lines, a large part of that is because of the performance, because of inflections on certain words. Like, that truly adds to this movie being so quotable. Yeah. I'm so full from watching this movie. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Which is a perfect segue. (laughs) I'm so full. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, too. Give me the the cheese, please. please. (laughs) (laughs) So excited. Oh, my gosh. All right. Three. Three. Two. two, One. one. Monterey Jack cheeseburger. Ooh. It was really close. <laughs> <laughs> I've been, again, dreaming of this true love's kiss of just saying this at the same time. It's great. Uh, well, of course, the tradition is yes, guests, guests go, go first. first. So 
I think this movie has so many elements that it can't just be cheese. The cheese is there and it's abundant mm-hmm. and it's delicious. Mm-hmm. But it's such a container for the cheese, right? It's not just the cheese. It's not just a rom-com. It is a family movie. It's a Disney movie. It's a musical. It has so many elements that make it delicious. So I feel like it's the toppings. But the cheese has a little bit of a kick. Mm-hmm. It's not just cheese. Mm-hmm. It's feisty and it's ironic and it's sarcastic. And I chose a burger because it's something that kids adore. <laughs> And you never stop loving. Like, a good burger is timeless. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you can grow up. I watched this when I was 18. I would have loved it as a kid. I have no doubt. Yeah. I loved it when I was 18, and I love it even more now. Yeah. You know? So I think a burger is something that you never stop loving, and it's Pepper Jack because it's not just a classic burger like Princess Bride. It has a little bit of a kick, This right? movie is a full meal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love that. Yes. <laughs> it was close to yours, you said. Yeah. It was right? pretty close. It was close to yours. So you go, I'll go next. Yeah, that makes sense. I chose Monterey Jack. Mm. The reason why I chose that, I almost picked Pepper Jack. For me, Pepper Jack and Monterey are both quintessential American cheese platter staples. So I felt really strongly that it needed to be something that you would see on basically any cheese platter that you would buy in a store. Mm -hmm. Just like what is considered part of an American cheese board. The Monterey being more of a California thing versus a New York, but still very American. The other thing that I like about it is it's a semi-soft. So it's not going to fall apart at room temperature, but it's still nice and soft, but it holds up if you let it sit there for a while. And then the other part of it is that it's not too sharp. Mm -hmm. I felt like picking a balanced cheese was really important for me for this one because it is hilarious and I laughed out loud so many times, but it's so sweet and tender as well. So it has that little bit of sharpness that makes you think of a cheddar, but it's also sweet. And I think that for me, I needed to find a balance between all of the things, something that felt quintessential, something that felt like an absolute staple. And so that's why I went with Monterey Jack. Okay. So, I played around with a lot of different cheeses, (laughs) and I was struggling to find what works. And I ended up settling on something quite generic in terms of cheese, which is just a big wheel of cheese. That's because I was at a cheese festival a couple years back, and I attended a lecture, I guess, given by a cheesemaker. And at the end of the presentation, me being me, went up and spoke to him about it. And just kind of randomly, he asked me, would you like to hold this wheel of cheese? Yes. And <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but someone took a picture of me holding this cheese. And I will post it in stories because I look so freaking happy. And <laughs> this is how this movie makes me feel. Like, I couldn't get more detailed with this cheese choice. I think it's just the concept of cheese. I can see your face. My mind's eye. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is Jane at her happiest. This massive ass wheel of cheese. It's so gigantic and heavy. (laughs) This is one of my favorite movies, truly. And I love rom-coms. And that's just how all of the things make me feel. Like cheese and rom-coms and musicals and everything all rolled up together. And I'm so happy. And I'm so happy we did this episode. (laughs) Okay, I'm done now. And I'm so happy you're here, Federico. And happy birthday. Uh, Happy birthday. Can't think of a happier way to spend it. Yay. So much joy. Amazing. Wow. There you have it. Yeah. That was our discussion of Enchanted. Let us know your thoughts on the movie any shenanigans we may have missed or what cheese you think it is you can follow us on instagram at shenanigans in pod or you can email us at shenanigans in pod at gmail.com and, and since we have a guest yes <laughs> fede where can they find you at fede male which is f-e-d-e-m-a-l-l-e-t and that's for instagram right yes sweet We hope you'll join us next time. And until then, we we wish you every happiness. happiness. Bye. 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 (laughs) So, do you have any fun birthday plans? Yeah, I have multiple ideas. TBD. Exactly. TBD. A watch party on the chances. Another watch party. party. (laughs) Maybe I'll do that. That sounds like something. We'll walk around the Brooklyn Bridge and get those Statue of Liberty hats. Do like an enchanted tour. We'll sing and have a parade in Central Park. (laughs) In the winter. (laughs) It's a winter version.